We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place exclusive interviews with players coaches and team executives streaming live and always available on demand stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the odyssey app never miss a moment go listen to the todd feinberg podcast on the odyssey app wtic Appreciate you being here. We're talking about political philosophy. We have to apply it to every political conversation if we are going to be consistent in meeting our own expectations and requirements for our own beliefs. We want to be principled, right? 860-522-9842. I'm libertarian in my beliefs, which I think is what the American system of government is based on. How about you? Let's talk to Mark in Watertown. Hey, Mark. Good evening. Todd, well, maybe I am a libertarian. I don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm a fundamentalist when it comes to the Constitution. I'm a fundamentalist when it comes to the Bible. I believe in capitalism, but not pure capitalism. I believe everybody has a right to own private property. And what I don't understand about libertarians are they were not getting involved in foreign wars and foreign affairs they want to stay away from that well if you uh so mark is saying he thinks he's a libertarian across the board except he's confused about the libertarian beliefs on foreign wars and i guess that's the part of it i've come around to the most slowly but it comes down to how beautiful it is how freeing it is to say that's not my job that's not our job. That's not the best use of our money. And that everything turns out to be a trick to uh, make government bigger and to defy the libertarian principles that bring you to the dance. And that's why you just have to say no to stuff. But we have to protect our, our borders and we got to have protection for the country from foreign enemies. Yes, but nobody disputes that. It, what is in dispute is, are we the policemen of the world? Do we take tax dollars to build the biggest military in the world and then defend other countries, which we do? Yeah, well, you know, we have probably the largest navy. And we keep all the trade routes open on all the seas for everybody. Yes, and that's where we get into trouble, I think. And that's, that's what caused Dwight Eisenhower... When he saw the explosive growth of the U.S. military after World War II that he was part of perpetrating, he knew it meant trouble. And we'll talk more about that, too. Thank you, Mark, for the call. 860 
What are your political beliefs? What principles are they based on? It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. WTIC, good afternoon. So it's not really my point to push for libertarianism. I just happen to be libertarian, and I think the founders were for the most part, libertarians. So I just wanted to find out what you have as principles, because what I do find is that if you know what your principles are, then the only time you're wrong about something political is when you're not applying it properly to your principles, when you're making a mistake of logic. And it's those mistakes of logic that then you can debate with anybody to see where you're your logic might be uh, off course. It, may, it might be erroneous. It's so so much better than having to get in 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 the middle of a debate that's feelings based. Oh, wouldn't it be nice if some people had more of your money? This is what you're being pitched on a regular basis. That other people should have more of your money. Why? Well, because that transfers that money out of the economy and into a government program and makes the government more popular and more powerful. And that's what they want. That's why they want your money. They're not trying to uphold the Constitution. They hold the Constitution in contempt, at least the parts of it that would stop them from being whoever they want to be, which is unprincipled. 860-522-9842. Steve in New York. Hi, Steve. Hi, Todd. I think this is uh, the fundam- fundamental discussion for all other discussions. And I believe that, um, that nature and the origin of nature should teach us all the truths that we need to know to function in the environment of the universe. All right, take that away from such lofty language and and put it into uh, something more conversational. Well, all our rules depend on whether or not normal people, because we're talking about people, I'm not talking about animals or plants or anything else, normal people, all our rules should be based in such a way that normal people can function in a reflection of how the universe is set up. And if we can't function, if we find that there's dysfunction, then the universe will naturally punish, and our governments, which I believe there should be a place for government, should mimic and maybe even act faster than nature to do what nature would do and punish those dysfunctional parts of our society. How would we... Have you ever thought about how we would function with our government? I'm intrigued by what you said about there has to be a place for government, because government is so destructive and so ugly. And I'm talking about Connecticut state government and the federal government and and the, um, the huge amounts of hard work and wealth that we have created non-governmental people have created that they've stolen that hasn't even been earned yet you know they're they're robbing into the future and 
creating these time bobs of economic disaster and we just sit around going along with it because we can't really comprehend i guess how well, hate, hateful I, I government agree, is I, I agree with what you're saying but i think part of what you're saying without being derogatory is missing some of the point there's always been government and there's always been constraints on the freedom of freedom of human beings. But mostly haven't we had government and haven't we had constraints on the freedom of human beings because there have always been aggressive human beings who organize themselves into armies and then take control. But it's very it's very unusual that a country has been created like ours was that is with the idea that we were going to implement a certain system that was going to be better than all the other systems and now we sit and we look at that system steve and we see that it's really bad news for us and it's not living up to expectations so uh, shouldn't we look at it and say wait a sec how did we get into this assumption that we have to have government well because there is a government uh called natural law which restrains nature everything is in order and if if that order is disrupted then there's an unpredictability of what the consequences are and that's chaos but though you're talking about natural forces versus something built by man i don't see those two well, things man as is part of nature i think i think to it doesn't uh, mean that what we create is automatically something that is true to nature Well, because you have said, I think you've confessed that because you've said that we get crushed by nature if we cross it. Well, not necessarily. We we need to observe nature and then prepare for the the the, the actualities that might take place. But did like, you say that the? Instance, let me give an example. Okay. Um, a very good example was the people in the Netherlands have put up dikes. And they take into account that over a hundred year time, they might get a storm that might be so big that they got to be build these dikes to protect themselves from the storm. Mm -hmm. Well, we we were going to do the same thing in Louisiana, but we didn't. We didn't finish the dikes, and then we complained that somehow or another nature was acting abnormally. But every hundred years, nature acts in a very aggressive way and wipes out a lot of people who don't pay attention. Well, that's what I'm saying. Nature is true to nature, and if we don't stick with nature, it crushes us. Which is government. It crushes what? I said, which is a, which is a type of government. Well, it may be analogous in some ways, but government is created by man, and it's man going out and telling its fellow men what they need to do, which is different well, that's from... From that's the laws, from I, the rules of the universe, it's totally different from the rules of the universe doing it, Steve. But but that's the flaw with man's pride. He thinks that he can project his ideas onto nature, which he needs to adapt his ideas from well, nature. You, again, you are confessing that that my point is correct. So I'll take your confession to heart. Thank you, Steve, for the call. It's good to talk with you. Eight six zero. Five two two nine eight four two. Why do we need government? We are told we need government, and we're told we need government because we've always had government. But government has always been bad. It's always been the most dangerous force on the planet, and it gets worse in our country all the time, returning to its its uh, equilibrium point, which is destructive. 
even though it was designed to not be destructive to us. And, and look at what they do to us in the state. One tax increase after another. They just keep coming. Dave in Brantford, hi. Hey, Todd, how are you? Welcome back. And, well, thank uh, you. you. You were gone for a long time. It uh, seemed like it, but it, it was like uh, six vacation days I used, I think. Yeah, I know, but I have nerdy, uh, nerdy stuff that is only appropriate for your talk show. Well, thank you. Uh, on today's subject, uh, my philosophy would be maximum freedom consistent with acceptable order. And the acceptable order changes all the time. Uh, if something like 9-11 happens, people want more order. And if 9-11 doesn't happen, people think government is wrecking uh, their freedom. Uh, to me, the most important thing that we desperately need government for is an international, universally accepted value of exchange. Uh, things like Confederate dollars and Yankee dollars, uh, lira, francs, rubles. If you can't, in other words, what I work for and I have value that I want to trade to you, Unless there's a universally acceptable thing, the old-fashioned barter system, I can't go to Saudi Arabia and barter my skills to get a barrel of oil. I need a universally acceptable uh, way to convey my, my money, my value. I can't even move out of Connecticut and go to Florida if I can't take all my wealth with me. And so if all my wealth is, uh, you know, uh, what you might call friends that owe me a favor, I can't bring any of that with me. Well, sure, and it was a great innovation for mankind, the idea even of having a currency and, and the and the, the power that gave us. That. Only government can do that. It, to, to be big enough to back it up, to make people trust it, uh, it takes a long time to build it up. It's easy to ruin, and maybe that's why I'm so hostile to, to Biden and his inflation that in you know in less than two years he's completely eroded people's trust of the value of the internationally acceptable unit of exchange. And once people start not trusting it, there's nothing but chaos. You're talking about the U.S. dollar. Yes. You cannot have every government, you know, constantly rearranging the exchange ratios. The, in quotes, beggar thy neighbor is one of the economic terms. You know, you lower your value so you can gain a trading advantage. Uh, the best thing, if everyone is willing to trade their money for their services, in my opinion, everything else tends to work out. And all this garbage about adding up skin color and gender and age and one town has more than another, uh, they do that on purpose to, to cause chaos and give well, themselves... Yeah, so, so how you're talking about how we need government for currency and yet we can't trust government to handle currency. Now what, so, I, think, uh, what I said is for nearly 100 years, uh, it has worked acceptably well. We have had the best international bloom in wealth creation of all time. Okay, and now you've described that we had a great system, and it worked for 100 years, and people came along deliberately well, and are Biden, messing with Biden, it. Biden came along with what okay, he and he, modern he, monetary theory, well, and but he's the whole thing. But he's, he's wrecking the whole thing to gain political advantage, to gain more power for Joe Biden and, and his friends, right? Well, to, to that, I go back to my American Constitution, which uh, Congress is directed to regulate the value of the money. They're not doing that. It, they, that haven't been, they're not, they haven't been doing not, it for a long time. They've been deliberately abdicating their responsibility. So, again, the government is failing us, creating all the problems that you're saying we have to have it to fix. Therefore, it makes me think, because this is true of the whole American story, 
the American system of government was devised in order to protect the rights, the, the inherent rights that every human has, and it's become something that oppresses those rights. It takes them away because we have thieves who have learned, they've maximized their ability to con us into getting more power and to trick us into thinking the bad things they're doing to us are, are good things for us. And if government can do that, then we'd be better off without it, wouldn't we? Unfortunately, I don't have a better suggestion for an internationally acceptable unit of value exchange than government having a currency. It looks like private money, think Bitcoin, uh, is much too chaotic. The value is constantly moving. It's untrustworthy. If, if almost everybody doesn't trust it, then it's useless as a value of international exchange. And uh, it looks like that's where we're going, and that is a nightmare future. Yes, it sounds like it. All right, thank you for Bye. that, Dave. Always, what did you call your ideas? Oh, he's gone. I liked what he started off with, <laughs> his criticism of his own ideas. This is uh, Ron Paul, the father of Rand Paul, the United States senator from Kentucky. Uh, this is Ron Paul, who who was the congressman from, who was openly and aggressively libertarian in his beliefs, and and this is him talking about foreign policy, which um, which Steve brought up. We take the oath of office to obey the Constitution uh, when we're sworn into uh, office, and we take that when we're sworn into the military. And we swear to uphold the Constitution against all enemies, uh, foreign and domestic. Guess what? We do a pretty good job defending against foreign, uh, foreign threats. We overdo that because we have no foreign threats. We have no threat that somebody's going to invade this country. We have a threat of terrorism, but that is a consequence of a seriously flawed foreign policy. So where it's easy to uh, stray off course, our government is eager to do it. We overdo, we overdo our concerns about our foreign threats, but we do forget about the threat from our domestic uh, conditions that we have here. And since 9-11, our liberties have been threatened. They have been undermined. We are less free since 9-11. We're going in the wrong direction. Well, that, we can all look back on that and see what a mistake it was. What a mistake it was to trust uh, the Republicans and George W. after September 11th. Both parties, both parties in these last several decades, and especially in the last decade, has accepted the notion of the unitary president, which is essentially a dictatorship, allowing the president to make decisions on his own. And... Just, just think of the inconsistency of turning this power over to the executive branch and then allowing the president to make these decisions, writing executive orders. There should be essentially no executive orders or very, very few executive orders. They love taking power that they have no right to, and they love telling us all kinds of stories to justify that power, illegitimate stories. And we fall for it, and we're in deep trouble. And that's why I think the liberty-based system, the model developed for us by the founders and implemented by the founders, is the one we should be working all the time 
to hold up the principles of and and forget about all this uh, other stuff that's being foisted upon us. What do you think? 860-522-9842. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? You spend it here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Yep, WTIC. We're talking about libertarian beliefs because that is the American system of government that I believe in. And it's just such a wonderful thing to to be clear about what you believe and understand the principles and then be able to refer those principles back to the belief system. 860-522-9842. So the question is, what are your beliefs and what principles do you base them on? James calling from Windsor. Hi, James. Hello, Todd. Um, I heard Ron Paul speaking, and his speech was about foreign policy relevancy. And I believe this is also extremely relevant to the libertarianism as a whole as an ideology. James, it's you. Yes, it is me. Oh, I didn't realize it. Nice to hear from you. Thank you, Todd. I'm happy to be on the show. Um, thank you for having me. Well, thank you for having your producer allow me on. Um, I'm calling in to talk about Ron Paul and why I believe his views on foreign policy and his change from foreign threats to domestic threats indicate something about him. Okay. Ron Paul. Ron Paul. Um, rushed rushed to the defense in 2019 of both the North Korean regime, led by Kim Jong-un, and at the time, the Venezuelan regime, led by Nicolas Maduro. His belief on the thing is that the American, what he describes, the American global empire, was oppressing these non-aligned nations. He believes the sanctions that we put on communist despots actually hurt the people there, and believes that our, what he describes as empire, is actually oppressing these poor nations, and that we're hurting liberty by disincentivizing nations from turning to communism. He also likes to misrepresent. Well, wait a sec. So let's talk about that. Tell us what your problem is with with his uh, position there. Is he straying from his libertarian beliefs, or is he being confused and using bad logic? I believe he's straying from his libertarian beliefs to go out of his way to defend the enemies 
of the United States of America. The North Korean regime... Why would he do that, though? Why would he do that? Yeah, do you think he's, like, uh, got a screw loose? No, I believe ever since the uh, Patriot Act, he sort of had a, a... He sort of had an aim to go against what the foreign policy interests of the current American regime is, no matter mm-hmm. what. Because he sees America projecting itself as a bigger problem than the, what he believes to be smaller regimes. Now... Well, have you tried following that through? You're a smart guy. I'd be interested to know if you followed that through logically, what would happen. Because uh, it, it would be better for us as Americans, perhaps, if, if our government tried to follow our, our libertarian beliefs and, and look to be a smaller force in terms of imposing itself and, and using only limited power and targeted power and focused uh, tactical power, wouldn't it? Well, trying to apply tactical power on an operational level, I don't believe is the best thing. Also, at the same time, you have to think about it this way. If we were to let go of the world, just say, do oh, whatever James? you want. Second, yes. James, I'm sorry. This is, uh, we're, we're out of time. But let's, uh, if you have time sometime, let's do a segment together and, and discuss it further. Thank you. You want to do that? Uh, yes, I would. Okay, good. Thanks, James. Talk to you soon. Thank you. We'll book James into a time where we have more time. That's awesome. He's the kid who used to come on all the time. You remember? 860-522-9842. Kind of grew up when we weren't looking. Now, back to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. WTIC? What are we supposed to be doing? Oh, Joe Markley, it's Joe Markley time. Yes, hello there, Joe. Hey, I've been, and it's the perfect time because I love your topic about talking about political principles. Well, good. Uh, Tell us what you've been thinking as you've been listening. Okay, here's one thing I'll say. I think there's three reasons people go into politics. Uh, The worst reason is for personal advantage of some sort. Either they want to be a big shot or they want to make money. We see this former state representative down in West Haven and the slimy things he was involved in. That's terrible. The second reason doesn't sound as bad. It's it's because they have good intentions, but they don't really know what they're doing. But we know about the good intentions and the mm. road to hell. And when you when I hear people say, which often happens in politics, oh, I got into politics because I wanted to make things better for people. I think, oh, my goodness, what a dangerous intention that is yeah, what exactly things- does that mean to make things it better means- but but hang on a sec before you answer that tell us yeah. why you got in politics well i think the best reason and i certainly at least my second time around todd i don't know my first time around i might have had some of my personal ambitions <laughs> and i enjoyed it and so forth but listen the second time it was because i had a, a clear idea of what i think we need to do which mm-hmm. is to say principles and I'm I'm all for anybody getting into politics that has principles, even if I don't agree with them. At least you can have a conversation with them, and it is an. I think everybody in wanting to get involved in politics, the first thing they should do is sit down and ask themselves, "What are my principles? What do I think government should do?" Mm-hmm. The trouble with with I want to make things better for people. I mean, I feel like if you want to make things better for people. Go rake the leaves for the old lady that lives next door to you. You know, uh, uh, take take the trash out for her or something. Well, Don't wait a sec. If you actually un- 
if you understand what is better for people, that would lead you to uh, follow Joe Markley's political agenda. I, well, except, again, I go back to something you said earlier that is spot on. If you don't have the principles, then everything that comes before you, you're just looking at it and saying, gee, would this be good or would this be bad? Mm -hmm. And and there's really very little way to tell because because of all the intended, unintended consequences of things people do in, in politics. I, hey, one of my favorite examples is uh, urban renewal in the 50s and the 60s into the 70s that went into so many cities, cities that I know, uh, Meriden, New Britain, Hartford, and knocked down huge swaths of housing, um, you know, built crazy plazas, put highways right through the middle of the, of the uh, community, mm -hmm. all of it with good intentions. And then you do it, and afterwards you say, gee, we've just destroyed this city. You know, we, we tore down half of Meriden, and, and, and now nothing's coming back. Yeah, yeah and cut out the heart. We cut out the heart, and I guess it wasn't the right way to go about it. Well, if, you, if you're just going by what would be good, you know, there was a case to be made for that probably in 1965. But if you go by the principle and say, should government be doing this kind of stuff, then you don't make those mistakes. And that's why we need to we need to have principles. And listen, small government principles, whether you call it libertarianism or whether you call it conservatism, it's government the, the the fundamental principle is to say we honor the Constitution, we recognize there should be limits on what government does, there should be things that government doesn't do even if we think it would be good for government to do it. Uh, because in the long run, first of all, we because might Because of the, the potential pitfalls. Right, and also because if we start doing it, you know, even if somebody said, I absolutely guarantee this is going to be good, you'd still say it, it isn't what government should be doing. And, uh, and, and we can't start having government do make exceptions and of course now we live in a world of exceptions where government is is doing practically anything it wants to do and this is where i'll go back to the where you started the show or started the hour anyways the why do the republicans lose we got a winning i think everything i'm saying it's not just your listeners that agree with this the average person says yeah government's got to do less the republican party um as you said is kind of the good party versus the Democrats, who are entirely the bad party, right? Yes. But the Republican Party's got to be more of a good party. It's got to be clearer about what it stands for if it wants to win. The way to win is to say, let's draw a line and say, you're on our side for the Constitution, for personal liberty, for limited government, or you're on the other side. Yes, which create is, a clear line so people can yeah. understand what the difference is. And even if you lose, Todd, at least you lose standing up for what you believe in. Instead of saying, I'm going to sell my principles out, and then maybe I'll lose anyway. That's uh, like, I, like, like selling your soul for nothing. Well, you also, if you're losing standing up to your principles, you're propelling your principles into the future. And the problem we have now is we have a Republican Party in the state, I think, that is unprincipled and is just scrambling, trying to figure out how to survive and, and have some role and the desire to have some role in government as opposed to standing up for better government and constitutional government and libertarian principles is blowing that side of things and just failing across the board because they're, they're making themselves weaker over time. If there are no principles, there's no purpose for the alternative party. That's right. And they, and they tell themselves, I mean, I've been there. You sit in the caucus room and they say, listen, we know this is not a this bill is not a good idea, but we've made a deal. 
and it's better than it would have been. It's like, no, let's let's say no to it and go to the voters and try to convince them that they were right instead of saying, hey, we signed on to and, you know, it's not so great, but it's bipartisan. My goodness, bipartisan is a dangerous yes. concept and people That's are so a, proud of it. That means there's something really bad going on. Usually, usually when you see everybody lining up on the same side, you, you, you mentioned just a few minutes ago the, um, the you know, the post 9-11 uh, assault on liberties. And that was one, there were very few people, usually it's the people that are either on the extreme right, like, like uh, Ron Paul, or the extreme left, kind of the Norm Chomskys of the world, that say, hey, this is, a, these, this is an assault on, on, on uh, freedom. Mm. Uh, but the, the, the majority of the party, uh, Democrats and Republicans, go, when they go lockstep on something like this, watch out. You said earlier... You spoke as if conservative and and libertarian were synonymous, but I see them as being different because conservative doesn't state what the principles are. Conservative might include smaller government, but it's not it it's not tied to the necessity of small government as a way to maintain liberty, that ultimate commitment to liberty. And I think conservatism allows uh, a bigger umbrella that that draws different conflicting principles under under that same tent well we've had this conversation and i've i've said to you before that it's it's the sort of thing when rob sampson and i differ which isn't too often it's because of this difference in my mind between uh, libertarianism and conservatism and i guess i'd say i think both of them are ultimately small government oriented and and constitutional Mm -hmm. because you say we've got to um because Big government is such a um, a threat to conserving what we have. It's big government that's destroying what we've built as a country. As a country, but I think the difference is um, that conservatives, and I would count myself as a little more conservative than you or or Senator Sampson, that conservatives would give a little more credence to existing structures and to community values rather than libertarianism. So I can see. Um, well, let's say this. I, if, I, I, can, I can understand if I, if, where if the, if the state of Utah, which is predominantly Mormon, wants to become a dry state, to my, biz, to my mind, that's their business. I, might, I wouldn't vote for it if I were living out there. Mm-hmm. But I think that, um, that a community... Yes, but right if you're to... saying you're conservative like they are instead of libertarian, because mm-hmm. that gives them the, the power to tell everybody what kind of liquid they can drink. That's Within, not a very libertarian, not even a vaguely libertarian position. It's, it's conservatism taking away people's rights. Well, that's, yes. And that's, that's well, I mean, another example of that is something like drug legalization, um, gambling, all those kinds of things. I think those things ultimately are bad for society. And I think that... Um, I think that uh, the government, that a certain respect towards the way the government, that society has functioned for years, um, is is worthwhile. You know, there's this famous um, uh, analogy called Chesterton's fence. Um, Chesterton says if you if you're walking through a field and you see a fence there, um, and you can't see any reason for the fence to be there. The libertarian would say, let's tear the fence down. Uh, the conservative would say, let's find out why the fence was built in the first place. And maybe the fence should be torn down. 
but you do run the risk when you make a change like that for something that's long existed of 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 unintended consequences again. Yeah, I just think it's a false uh, statement. I, I'm not sure how to categorize that. The the libertarian would say, why is that there? Let's make sure it's not violating our rights. Well, it the idea would be that, yes, in a sense, it is a violation of rights. Well, it might um, be. You don't know until you've looked. If if that's somebody's property, the libertarian wouldn't say the fence should be taken down. Well, it's a little more of a metaphor than that. Uh, Todd, I mean, I'm not. Yes, if it's somebody's property, sure. But if, if well, if, if yeah, I'm just saying it's a misapplied uh, concept. It's a nice, clean little axiom, but it doesn't apply to libertarian beliefs. Well, the, the fence is a metaphor for whatever um, whatever restrictions <laughs> yes. are put on so behavior, symbolic. And, and it yeah. is a sliding, a slippery slope of of passing things. And people say, well, you know. I've, if we've got alcohol, why don't we um, why don't we legalize marijuana? Well, if we legalize marijuana, then the mushrooms come next, as, as is happening in some places. And pretty soon, all the drugs are legalized. I understand a libertarian that says Yahoo, I'm for that. I understand where they're coming from. I sympathize with where they're mm-hmm. coming from, but I don't I don't ultimately agree with it. I do think that 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 there are certain things like that. But this is. I, I guess my, my, what I'd say to you, as I would say to, to my friend Senator Sampson, is we're so far away from, from that argument at this point that we, both, we have a common, common enemy right now. Yes, but I think this discussion— destroy everything. I think this discussion is the answer to the, how we deal with the enemy, is that the enemy is unprincipled. And if people can understand how easy it is to be armed to fight the enemy— by being principled, then I think it's important that we stake out clearly what those principles are. If, if you look at, back to the drugs for a sec, yeah, and, and I certainly sympathize with your position, it, we are better off without certain um, sharp things there that can cut us. We're not better off if government is making rules because, you know, government decides, oh, maybe it's to our v- advantage to legalize marijuana. So let's figure out a way to semi-legalize it where we get to give the money to our friends, you know, and, and that's where we are with everything government does. And I just feel so frustrated. I want to I want to create a nice not a fence, but a nice clear wall that they can't jump over. Yeah, we had it in the Constitution. And it, and you know, the thing about the Constitution is it's it's aimed at restricting the federal government, which is our greatest enemy and said yes. my goodness the founders knew that um, so clearly before it existed yeah yeah it it, it 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 wasn't really aimed at the state governments which were even in those early colonial days um i wouldn't call them oppressive but you know we had a state religion in connecticut for years after the constitution went into effect we had you know, our the people's taxes supported the congregational church which provided education and so on and so forth mm-hmm. the founders were could live with that they were they weren't too concerned if it, you know if Connecticut wanted to behave a certain way that's Connecticut's business. Um, well, because they so were so devoted to markets, right? They figured the states would would see the the best methods. That's right, and that's that's kind of why I would I would give more the the smaller the form the the level the lower the level of government, the more latitude I would be inclined to extend to it. Um, we we can't, used to have a until. Fairly recent years, I think it was Easton, Connecticut, uh, didn't allow any package stores. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I kind of thought I, I kind of thought that there was something neat about that. About well, the there's fact nothing. That the community decided they didn't want them. It's not such a big deal because ultimately all the other towns have it. So you're creating a character that's different without actually having people's rights be impacted greatly. Yeah, it ends up being, and it ends up being a kind of laboratory. You can look at it and say, hey, that that didn't work very well, but at least we only tried it in Easton. Joe Markley, so I'm glad I figured out, I, I know you had said to me that, that there was a place where we differed, but I, I couldn't really feel where it was, but now I guess I, I do. You you want the fence down the middle of the field. and uh, this, show, this show is the crucible <laughs> of principles. That's why I love it. You're doing the a crucible. service for the state of Connecticut. I love it. Well, everything looks like a crucible of, uh, of principles, if you even mention the word around here. Because it's so unprincipled, is what I'm saying, the state of Connecticut. Thank you, Joseph. Keep pounding it. Good to talk to you. Nice to talk with you. Joe Markley, former state senator, so he's got a lot of of context that he brings to the conversation. 860-522-9842. We've got the kid from Georgia calling Noah Ring. He'll be on with us after 5, then we'll do the rants. And uh, we've got some other things up my sleeve for you as we move into the final hour of the program. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 